0: You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. Today's episode, we are talking about why being comfortable, being in your comfort zone, cozy and comfortable in your comfort zone is truly the worst thing you could do, the enemy to your success. And I have no better guest than the one I have today, Dr. Benjamin Ritter. He was on the podcast about a year, maybe a year and a half ago. Good friend of mine, former dating coach. He actually worked for a dating coach who worked for Eben Pagan at one point, also known as David D'Angelo. So David D'Angelo, he did a series called Inner Game. And on that series was another doctor. And Ben, the guest today, worked for him and helped with dating coaching. The guy is very smart. He has a doctorate in leadership. The man knows what he's talking about, and he's just an amazing coach. He actually helped coach me, and you're going to hear this on this episode. He coached me through gaining muscle and working out. So he wasn't my fitness coach. But he was coaching me through the the process of keeping up with it because it's so hard to keep up with it and mainly eating. And he was amazing at it. so He's a great coach. And we're going to just be spitting some real good stuff here to help you with getting out of your comfort zone and understanding why it is detrimental to your success if you're not constantly challenging yourself. We want you to be constantly challenging yourself. So that you can get results. If you don't challenge yourself, you don't do uncomfortable stuff, you don't do things that are hard, you really end up staying where you are and you don't grow. And of course, that's the last thing we want. So, we're going to be talking about how that applies to all the different areas of your life. And of course, as well with women and dating. I think you're going to like this episode. I do. I did. It was great. Love talking to Ben. Like I said, good friend of mine. So, good banter here. Real quick, I don't know what happened with the interview. This is the first time this ever happened, but it cuts off a little abruptly, not too abruptly. Ben finishes his thought, and then I say some last words of goodbye. I think what I was supposed to say was if you want to get any of the information that Ben shares, his information will be in the show notes. And I think that was the last thing I said. So just that little snippet got cut off because Zencaster, the place where I do my interviews, that software sometimes is just a little buggy. But either way, we got the interview out. You're going to love it. You're going to enjoy it. And it's coming up right here. Just before we get into that interview, don't forget if you need coaching, if you need help, and we do also talk about the benefits of coaching here on this episode. And if you need coaching, which means that you and I are going to be working together every single week and daily too, because you're going to get unlimited texting with me. And we can push you out of your comfort zone, help you approach more women, help you with your online dating profile to get more matches and dates with women and be able to get out of your shell, become more confident. And even if you're already meeting women, no problem, but you're not meeting the caliber and the quality that you want, we also help with that. Okay. So I'm going to be coaching you personally and helping you on this journey. You can go to coachedbytrip.com, link in the show notes, coachedbytrip.com to apply today. And also, I just finally created a full page on coachedbytrip.com with several testimonials of students or I should say even clients of mine who I've worked with who share their experience. So Even if you just want to see the kind of results people can get through coaching or just getting out of their comfort zone and pushing themselves, you can hear their stories. There's about six to eight different stories of clients I've worked with over the years and I'm just finally getting these on a page for you to see. So check it out on that website, and then you can apply for coaching if you want to get faster results. All right, why don't we get into it now? Here's my interview with Dr. Benjamin Ritter. Check it out. Dr. Benjamin Ritter, what's going on, man? You know, just living that doctor life. Basically, just washing my white coat, putting on my other white coat. And not doing any of the above because you are not a medical doctor, but a... <laughs> I am a doctor of
1: education, a doctor in organizational leadership, basically how to develop people. And maybe I just like wearing white coats and maybe it's like a puffy white coat or a fluffy white coat or those white coats that glow. You, know, until, you assume in, something there, sir.
0: Until one day you're going to be on a plane... And someone's going to go, is there a doctor here? Someone just passed out. And you'll be like, I'm a doctor and you'll have no idea what to do. I'm going to jump up. I'm going to say, I'm a doctor, but that's not really relevant. (laughs) Be more
1: specific in your asks,
0: please. Yeah, be more specific. So it's on them. That's right. It's on them. Okay. So beyond you being a doctor, we are also... Good friends we've known each other for quite a few years now, and we and I'm sure we I told this story because this is the second time you've been on the podcast, but you know it was quite a while ago, so we'll tell it again. We connected on a Facebook group for other dating and relationship and love and sex coaches, and we connected on there and we were chatting about how you really liked my video that came out called How to Take a Girl's Bra Off where people really did not like that. They had a very bad reaction to that video. Uh, not people who watched it. That has like, it's got like a million views now. But when I told other coaches I was doing it, they seemed to be a little put off by it. But you were the one guy who stuck up for me and I'll never forget that.
1: I mean, I created like a support page and a GoFundMe campaign. I was just like, <laughs> we need... We need to promote this as much as possible. Now, there, there were some big haters in that group. And I was like, uh-uh. I, I like this guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna send him a message and I'm gonna cause some drama in this group and let's go.
0: That was cool. That was cool. Well, I appreciated that. And we've been buds ever since. And also, you've worked in this field. So I know you don't do this anymore, but there was one point when you were a coach yourself for men in the dating arena. You wanna talk about that for a second? Tell us your experience there.
1: Oh yeah, it is always going to be a part of me, and I think it's all interconnected. Like it wasn't like I left the dating world, but it was like I evolved into a new area of coaching that I just aligned more with. Like I graduated in my life to to just a new a new stage, a new evolution, where a lot of the same foundational teachings and skills and thoughts and I- ideas can be applied in this new stage, in this new evolution, this new area. But uh, I never even thought I was gonna become a dating coach, but I was challenging myself and going out alone like I would normally do. And I was having a conversation with a stranger at a bar, and he's like, Hey, I know what you're doing and you need to meet my boss. And so the next day he introduces me to his boss. I ended up getting hired to run a boot camp program across the United States for men, work for him for a year, kind of want to do my own thing, and the rest is kind of history. Past forward five years, I was coaching men, wrote a book, I had a bunch of you know media exposure, and just decided though that I wanted to realign more with my values. And so it took a lot of the same teachings and just translated them into leadership development, executive coaching, career coaching, and really just focusing on helping people create a career they can love outside of the you know create the relationship they they can love.
0: What do you think is one piece of advice? that you would give when you were teaching and helping guys with dating, that's the same principle that you teach now with people in finding better careers and and doing what they love.
1: So over time, I developed this framework called the three C's of self-leadership. And they're characteristic traits that help people who are responsible for really be motivated and to be intentional and to be value-aligned. And when I say value-aligned, it really means living a life that really matches you at your core, like you're making the right decisions for where you want to go and who you are. And those three C's of self-leadership can be applied in dating coaching as well. And those are clarity, confidence, and control. So basically, it walks you through this idea of what are your values? like What do you care about? What are your goals? How to build confidence towards those goals to actually take action? And then how do you build an environment where you're intentional? towards those specific goals. So the people around you, do they relate to what you care about? Are you regulating your emotions in a way where you actually can um, deal with situations that are truly uncomfortable to still take action towards your goals? And ultimately, that just relates to this one idea of the most important leader is the one that is within you. And so if you're wanting to date more, wanting to find a certain relationship, or wanting to get a new job, how are you holding yourself accountable? Do you feel empowered to actually
2: take action?
0: Cool. Very cool. That's awesome. So, do you ever dive into helping people when it comes to searching for a career or finding something that they love to do? Do you ever talk to them about this idea that we were talking about before this podcast episode about doing things that are not easy, doing things that are uncomfortable? doing things that you don't really want to do, but you know as a coach it's good to do them. Do you ever talk to the people who are looking for career advice on that kind of thing? Never. We should We should just
1: stop the podcast. Is, okay, I'll go yeah, ahead it's, and it's press it's not, stop working. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> if you want to grow in your career, you have to figure out what you care about and take action towards it. And a lot of times, people aren't asking for that promotion. They're not asking for that raise. They're not connecting with someone that is in a position in an organization they want to work for because they're afraid, because they've never done it, because they're uncomfortable with the idea. I mean, I don't know how many executives I work with that want to build more of a brand, make more of an impact on the world, but are afraid of going on a podcast just like this. And we have so many self-imposed limits that prevent us from reaching our goals, our professional goals, as well as our relationship
0: goals. So when it comes to meeting women of course that is i mean probably one of the most uncomfortable things that a man can do is go through that process so when you were helping guys what were some of the things that they were saying to you that were uncomfortable things that they didn't want to do things that made them really scared so these guys that you or and women that you teach with career stuff they're afraid to they're afraid to succeed. It sounds like on a deeper level because they're afraid to get to that next level, or they're just af- afraid of doing a poor job and then getting rejected. Right? It's like you get, you, they say no to the promotion, they go on a podcast, and they flub and say something stupid, and then they feel like, oh, now no one will ever want to work with me again, et cetera. What are some of the things that guys were saying to you in terms of being uncomfortable with dating stuff? Oh yeah, oh. I mean you could
1: probably add to this even more, but it's approach anxiety, so I can't approach her, I don't know what to say to her, uh, I can't tell her that, pretty much, or I, I can't go to that party, I don't belong there. So just a lot of, I can't do this, because like you said, just like in the professional space, you're afraid of rejection. You think there are limits to what you can do, you think there's a role that you have to play. and that. You know, really, what discomfort is—it's that stepping outside of that role. And I mean, you're also the—you're you're the dating expert, so maybe you can add more to this too, into what some guys are saying that makes them uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, I, I, first of all, I really like that one that you said. I would not have thought to say that—the one about not going to a certain party or event because you feel like you don't belong there. I would—I would have never said that one. So that's very interesting. You pretty much nailed it. I would say if if I had to add anything, it might be first dates, potentially. Just going on a first date where they have the opportunity to either ask the girl on the date or they know that they're about to do a first date. That's very uncomfortable. Going for the kiss and starting the physical relationship with a girl, very uncomfortable. I remember for me, that was one of my toughest things. It was like tough to approach. That was tough part one. Things were a little bit easier after that, but then cut to the point where you're about to kiss, then that's another chance of rejection. So then you get scared there too. So I would say that was pretty much a a complete list. Unless there's anything else you can add there. But that seems to be about everything that most guys are uncomfortable with. There might be some other things too. If I wanted to really reach out here, I could say someone was looking to have a new style or change their wardrobe a little bit. And they're seeking advice on that, which I get guys who ask me all the time, just things about fashion. And I tell them, okay, you you can try this on, try this. This is a cool outfit, whatever. They might be a little bit nervous to put themselves into this new look because deep down inside, they don't feel like it's them. So we're just really stepping out of their comfort zone in some of those issues. And you can actually just go through the stages from
1: getting dressed to asking someone out to going out to, I don't know if I can hold her hand or guide her, you know, like, should I open the door for her? Or, oh no, we're, singing, we're at karaoke. That was a big leap. <laughs> should I sing karaoke? Uh, pretty much any stage of life an action, an action with somebody if you think about this, someone out there is afraid of that. Someone out there is thinking that that's uncomfortable. And so wherever you are in your stage of development with women or life, whatever you think is uncomfortable, someone else is three stages back or 10 stages back, and someone is 10 stages up. And so all of this is just, again, a belief that we're telling ourselves based on our experiences and our limitations.
0: Yeah, totally. Okay, so let's talk. Let's go deep now. Let's talk about that. Limitations, experiences. What, what do you mean by that exactly? So
2: if you haven't actually done something, you have
1: a harder time thinking that it's possible, which is why coaching helps so much. Because you have someone there helping dissuade you of your beliefs and reprogram new ones. And so if you're afraid to approach a group of people because you think it's strange or awkward, I bet you probably haven't approached a group of people before, or you've approached a group of people at some point and it's gone horrible, or however you define horrible. Like maybe they didn't automatically recognize that you were there because you didn't speak loud enough to say hi. So that's what I mean by limitations. It's fear due to experiences or fear doing a lack of belief.
0: Lack of belief in what? What would be a belief someone would say to themselves? Are we focused? Uh, should we focus on the dating world or should I move into the professional world? Um, let's stick with dating for right now. But, I, I, but I'm curious to hear both. I think it'd be interesting to hear both of those limiting beliefs just so we can compare and contrast. And I feel like just hearing the other side or just another topic, there's almost a comfort in that because you're like, oh, yeah people are scared in all different realms. So I'd like to hear both. Yeah. So probably pretty
1: self-explanatory. I can't go talk to her because she seems really busy, or I can't talk to her because I don't know what to say, or I can't go talk to her because she's out of my league. Those are beliefs. In the professional world, you could say, I can't go ask my boss for feedback because if they had something to say, they would tell me. I can't go ask for a promotion because I don't deserve it. I can't go talk to this senior leader in this department because they don't have time for me. Very similar beliefs, systems, very different situations.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, right? It's like we're we're just humans having the same exact fears and emotions. They just come up as insecurities, sometimes the same insecurities. Across all different paths, right? Let me ask you. Let's let's hear from you on one of the. And I'll go next. One of the first times that you approached a group of people. I don't know if you remember those days, but I'm talking about when it was hard, or was it ever hard for you? I feel like at one point it was. If we if we talked about this before, did you have approach anxiety? Well, oh, well, I was. Ago?
1: I was so awkward. I thought that whenever I would go up to people and talk, men or women, that I would say something and I would either be ignored or laughed at. Those are the two reactions that would happen, unless they were my friend. And so, yeah, I had, I had some approach anxiety, you could say that. So one of the, well, I think this was pretty impactful to me because I didn't really think it was possible, this like one moment.
2: And I remember two people were sitting on a curb together. And I had it in my head that I had to, like, basically
1: sit between them. And so I walked up to them and, and I went, uh, "Can you guys move over a little bit? I'm gonna sit right there." And they looked at me really strangely for a second, and then they moved over, and I sat down, and I just sat there. <laughs> and it just and like it was just for, like it's so impactful in my mind because it was just it was such a a moment where I realized that you can. Approach someone and ask them to literally do almost anything without without any sort of logical reason to people that know each other that are having a conversation together and just sit between them. (laughs) And so you know there were a ton of other just random approaches and cold approaches. People that you know that were doing at bars and restaurants and street corners and grocery stores, but this one really really
2: stuck out to me.
0: Ben, have you ever heard of? Social freedom exercises from Brad P. I don't think I have. Okay. Do you know who Brad P. is? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Old pickup artist, like around since like early 2000 or 2005, that whole time when PUA was big. And I remember he had this thing. You could probably Google it and and find it. It's called Social Freedom Exercises, I believe, from Brad P., who's no longer a coach anymore. And It's a list of exercises to practice being uncomfortable, in a sense, to help you get to social freedom, meaning the freedom to just do anything you want. I feel like you trying to sit in between two people talking was such a good example of what an exercise would look like. It would be like, go up to a random stranger and tell your deepest, darkest secret to them. I think that was the last one. It escalated. Like it starts easy and then it gets harder. Some of the first ones are make eye contact with someone for three, with the stranger for three seconds. Another one is go in the middle of a public place and start dancing crazy, and then it just escalates to more and more until you get to the point where it's like, go up and tell a stranger your deepest, darkest secret. And I remember doing this. I went through, I was with a couple buddies, and we did every single one of them. It took a couple hours to do it at a mall in Los Angeles. Oh my God, was that hard. But it definitely helped. And it'd be something that I wouldn't even say do once. It'd be something where I'd say do it over and over. Try to find times when you can be uncomfortable so that you can be comfortable in situations that are mostly uncomfortable. Do you have any experience with that?
1: I love that. I'm just envisioning someone walking up to... Someone eating a meal and just eating a fry off their plate, which I don't recommend. (laughs) Oh man. Those social freedom exercises impact other people, but (laughs) I think that would be an exercise.
0: That's a good one. I don't think that one is not on there, but that is, oof, that's a big one. Yeah. I I mean, it makes
1: sense. If you can do something and prove to yourself that you can do it, and prove to yourself that the world isn't going to end if you do it. And by the way, this is something that you should regularly practice to some extent, depending on what type of relationship you're in or what area of life that you're in. But it's a skill that needs to be practiced repeatedly. Just like I think, I'm not sure if we mentioned it yet, You know, giving high fives to 20 people in a row, cheersing people, in a bar, like little things like that. Wearing something a little outlandish that you wouldn't normally wear. How do you step out of your comfort zone to ensure that you don't have limitations when you do actually need to step out of your comfort zone?
0: So back to my original question, I think. Oh yeah, no, you already answered that with going and and approaching a group of people. Any other times where you've done things purposefully because they were uncomfortable when you were starting to learn how to get better with women? Honestly, everything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, and yeah,
0: I think miss, it's, miss, it's all of it.
1: No, I'm not kidding. Everything. I things know, I can't. I like. Things I can't mention on this podcast. Uh, but it's 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 because. Experiencing discomfort in every way, shape, and form is just like the... Imp- it's It's basically, it aligns with a lot applied learning theory and experiential learning, if you want to look that up, and this is get, getting, getting the doctorate out of the table. If you can do something, and visualizations can work, but if you can actually do something and apply it, apply it enough, it becomes part of your programming. And so when I was learning, and this goes for any part of our lives, when I was learning... To become more attractive. When I made the decision to become more attractive, there wasn't a line anymore, other than to be moral and ethical, and to not really impose on anybody. And it—it was just I'm going to go explore every facet of life and dating and relationships that I haven't explored before. I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to say that this is something I like or this is something I don't like. It's just something I'm going to do. And that can translate, that mindset can translate and really like exponentially launch your professional life or personal life in every which way. If you just let go of judgment and let go of that little voice in your head that says, you shouldn't do that. That's not you. And just go, I'm going to go figure out who I am and I'm going to go develop the skills that I, that I might not even know that I need through experiences. And so that's. I can't even really pick stuff out. I mean, I would even say, you know, I, I worked in Boys Town. I really, you know, wearing clothes that were a little scandalous. I was a bartender. I worked music festivals. I I said yes to jobs I probably wouldn't have said yes to. I put myself in all different types of situations of people I normally would have never hung out with from every single social circle you can imagine because I was just exploring, because I let go of right or wrong or yes or no
2: or like or dislike.
0: It's like you almost got, a, a, in a in a positive way, addicted to the feeling of just exp- exploration, feeling uncomfortable, stepping outside of your comfort zone. And you probably got used to it. That's the point I want to push guys to get to, where they are more comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that is a thing. I believe it is. And I believe that what you're saying there, that you tapped into that idea that you got so used to the idea of being uncomfortable that you and you knew how powerful it was that you continued to explore and go to that place, which is why this podcast episode is even happening. You texted me a couple weeks ago and asked me a question about this and this topic. You were asking me about, do you ever try to do any... What what was the exact question? Something about doing something socially uncomfortable. Do you still try to do things like that to keep up with that? And then... You said that you still do that all the time. Even though you're in a relationship, you'll still try to be social in moments where, you know, maybe you wouldn't be social, but only because you want to keep up with feeling like you have control in this area and you don't
2: lose that, which is just more growth. Do I have that right? 100%. So basically, I was talking about how I used to t- test myself in a social
1: situation and get uncomfortable and learn from that behavior. And I asked, what sort of things do you test yourself with now? Because when you don't have dating, because you're in a relationship or in a relationship, it's constantly finding those avenues and opportunities and applying that mindset to your life so you continue to grow, just, just like you said. And you know, just for example, I have an event coming up on burnout. And I wanted to promote it more. And some people might just make a, event page and posted on their social media. And I'm like, what else can I do? What is possible right now? And so I went online, I googled posts about burnout, and I reached out and messaged every single person that painted her post on LinkedIn <laughs> within the last week that is within any of my connections and network. And I don't know them. And a lot of times, some people may see this as overextending, overextending the self. Like, oh, I couldn't do this. I can't message them. Who am I to message them? They're not going to be interested in this event. Oh, they're, they're a competitor. They, they might not approve of that. You know, we're dropping these limitations that we have. And I'm not taking, I'm giving. This is an opportunity in a lot of ways as well. But so then this idea of discomfort, of, of staying within our boundaries that we've, that we've created for ourselves can really limit ourselves. And without that boundary, in every area of our life, we can do things and take action in ways that maybe we didn't think was possible. We can be more creative. And I think that's really the essence of it too. We can add greater creativity to our life
0: to expand our life. The problem is, is that we have a voice in our head that is very, very good at speaking negative thoughts or opinions. And we only look at that. The problem is is that we're only listening to one-sided thought. And I don't blame people. That's the overwhelming thoughts that we have. You're not good enough. You're overextending yourself. You are going to get rejected. You're going to look like a fool. You're going to embarrass yourself. But there is another side to that where, well, you might get a new client. You might meet a new person you might make a new friend for going back to you and me you said something and i think you it's part of your personality cuz you like you like to sometimes go against the opposing belief but still you went into the facebook group and you were one of the very very few if not the only to speak up against everyone saying how they thought that video was useless or whatever and look what happened from it so anyways my point here is that We don't take the time to look at what could happen positively. So it's like we need to start accessing that part and start saying those things to ourselves. Because just one-sided, it's not even logical. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, you could get rejected. It's possible. You could make a fool of yourself if that's the way you want to filter it. But you could also get something very beneficial. Maybe something you don't even know that you would want. And I feel like trying to access that part and almost put up a little bit of a fight against the one-sided negative opinions really helps with trying to be uncomfortable. Just a quick story about today. I did forget what topic we were speaking on today. So this is just a complete coincidence. True story. A couple hours ago, I had one of those moments where I was like, you know what? I feel like I haven't done anything really uncomfortable lately. And part of you kind of feels good about that, right? It's, like, it's nice to stay in your comfort zone. That means things are easy and easy is nice. But also, I've known from my past is that even though there are times when I've done things that are uncomfortable or I don't want to do... Nine times out of 10, I come out of that going, oh man, I'm really glad I did that. I'm really glad I did that thing. Whatever it may be. Multiple examples in the past few years could have been like putting out a book or doing a lot of YouTube lives, which I never used to do in the past. You know, Things that I've never done before that are completely brand new. And so I had a moment where I, like, I was like, I'm not really doing anything. I was like, oh, well, actually, there is one thing. I was like, well, I am going to do a masterclass tonight on a Zoom call with over 100 people. And that freaks me out a little bit because I'm like, all right, well, I don't know. What if something goes wrong? What if I don't know how to work the tech right or I can't mute everyone and it's just like a complete shit show or whatever it is? And then I was like, wait a minute. No, I'll figure it out. I basically came back to the point of, you know what? It it usually works out. It's so rare. It's like a rare exception to the rule that something happens where it's a blow up. Like how many times in your life can you really say that there was an actual, like, okay, I did that thing and it was really bad and I really actually regret doing it. There's not many of those out there. So just rewinding a bit, but even that I don't think is is that's not enough uncomfortability. Because in the end, I'm like, eh, no, that'll be fine. Like, I do want to find something that is more scary. And that just gets me to the point where I can grow. But it is tough. Because part of you is like, no, I don't want to do it. But then part of you is like, no, you should do it. And it's that little fight in your head. I don't know if you relate to any of the stuff I just said there. Yeah, discomfort can be exhilarating before, during, and after.
1: A lot of times people say that they're nervous but if you look at it a different way, you could say that it's exhilarating. And, and by the way, just winding a little bit further, we didn't just talk in that Facebook group. And then when I was in LA, I reached out to you and we ended up hanging out and it was a whole night. And that, just, that relationship built from there. And so discomfort can continuously create new opportunities. And, and I'm there right along with you. I'm at a point in my life where I'm seeking something That makes me say, no, you shouldn't do that. Like I am, I am searching. And it could be something small. Like, for example, I don't really like posting myself like a picture of me online. I don't really talk a lot online other than like YouTube and podcasts and stuff. I don't really do a lot of personal stuff. My personal life is pretty much in a box. I think something that I should start doing is maybe doing a little more personalized stuff. Because that's for me, that's uncomfortable. For you, that's just like, you know, every day. (laughs) Like you are, you are you. And so I think you can find stuff that is. It might not seem big, but it's big for you. And it could even be something like joining a new sport, you know, eating a little differently, um, eating something very differently that you don't not normally eat. But there are certain steps I think to practicing discomfort that I think we should also go over, if this is a good place for them.
0: Yeah, let's do it.
1: So the the first part of it is: is there? And it's a lot easier to figure out where you. Should apply this exploratory uh, persona if you pick a skill that you want to learn, uh, either internal or external. Like it's something that you know that you want to grow towards. And I think one of the reasons why you and I might be having some difficulty in finding something
0: uncomfortable is because, because we can't leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say maybe also <laughs> maybe that's, that's what's been tough for me at least. But continue. If you could leave the house, what would you what would you learn? What would you go after? Oh man, speaking engagements! I want to do more of those.
1: You I just haven't
0: done enough of those. Yeah, masterminds. Yeah, actually, I was starting to put together a speaking event in Chicago with just a few people, or it's going to be me just speaking to like a handful of guys. And I remember I was I was getting a little bit nervous, not nervous to the point where I wasn't going to do it, but it's just been a while since I've done anything in person I was really excited to do it and then COVID hit and then it just it just died out so I would say that would have been something that I would be or something I would be doing now is trying to find more speaking events also going to more personal development seminars I don't go to those enough because it's not necessarily I can find someone to go with me and going alone it's hard Going alone, is, it's not as fun. Well, that's one. See that? Look, it already just came out. The negative part came out. It's like, well, mm-hmm. or you can make your own fun and then maybe it's going to be even more fun because you're the one who made the fun. So things like that, more in-person stuff for sure. Yeah,
1: I remember when you spoke at one of my events, which by the way, you're speaking at another one coming up soon.
0: That's true, it's not uncomfortable for me. It's very <laughs> comfortable. It's just online. Do it all the time. But yes, I am and
2: I can't wait. I remember the in-person one, though. I could sense a little bit of discomfort. Which one? The live event. Oh, which one? <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not the coach's panel. The oh, okay. One where you
1: got up and spoke for 15 minutes straight.
0: Yeah, I, there was. I really prepped for that because the last time I... I don't have a lot of these opportunities. And also, you know what made me feel uncomfortable about it? It was the fact that I was... I always feel a little uncomfortable when I speak in front of a group about dating and they're not there for dating. If it was a bunch of guys that signed up to see me, wanted to see me speak, or even guys who didn't know me but were there because they wanted dating advice, in that realm, I'd have been like, yeah, this is going to be great. Like, Barely any uncomfort there or discomfort. But in a room of people where they're just hearing me speak about what I do for a living, and all that stuff, I get this sense of, eh, do they really care? And then I get uncomfortable speaking to people about things that I don't think they actually care about. So that was part of the discomfort for me. But you know what happened? I got up there and within two minutes, I was not just comfortable with it, but I had a great time doing it. And I made all those judgment calls beforehand. Oh, they're not going to care. What do they care about this stuff? you know, it's not interesting to them. That's not what they're here for. But that was all just nonsense in my head. Mm-hmm. And
2: that inner critic, that voice of doubt, can be silenced a little bit if you do set your sights on a, a goal or the
1: idea that you're going to be practicing that you're just going to be learning. So you drop this idea of success or failure. You drop this idea of good or bad. And that is a mindset that you just have to remind yourself if you haven't done this before, haven't done this very often. And it really helps if you have someone to do it with. Which like in dating, if you have a wingman, but, or in your professional career, you have some peers or a mentor or guide, and so you don't just share your goal, but you kind of do it together. And once you actually start taking action towards that goal, step out of your comfort zone, potentially with them or with your, with by yourself and accept that you're learning a really important step that a lot of people forget is the actual, I'm going to digest what I just learned and start small, like do something uncomfortable, you know, just like you're not going to spend 4 hours alone you're going to you know maybe do something for 15 minutes and then come back and reflect on it you need to digest what you learned you need to go through it almost as if you're in school studying yourself cuz that will allow you to improve but more so it allows you again to disassociate from the personalization of this is fearful this you know i have this story these are my limitations and When you're able to look at these moments as if you are almost in class, it really does help take away some of the fear.
0: Yes. What else? What else do you think takes away some of the fear of doing anything? Investing. You may not. like People might not have
1: immediately jumped to that, but investing in it. So do you actually have a
2: financial, I guess, did you invest a piece of yourself into it? That's big. Because you're like, I'm doing this, no matter what.
0: Yeah, they, they call it skin in the game. hmm Yep. That's, that's what coaching is about, too. Is Okay, you're signing up for coaching. So two things. One, you've invested money into it, and you want to see a return on that. And two, you're, this is, I think, the hardest part, is you're saying to someone okay, I'm going to do the hard things and that person's going to push you. Right? That's how you and me worked on because you helped me and you coached me through gaining muscle. And we did the same exact thing. I had skin in the game with money. And also, I had to answer to you. When you have to answer to someone, that is huge. So it forces you to do something that's uncomfortable Because you also don't want to be letting that person down. You don't want to be saying to them that you didn't do the thing that you promised to do. But the result is usually something great, accomplishing some sort of goal. So yeah, 100%. Anything else?
2: Yeah, but also is partially environment. So if you surround yourself with motivation, inspiration, not
1: fear, and discomfort, and even people that are living the life that you'd like to live or doing things that you'd like to do, it changes your mindset on what's possible. I mean, this is 100% correlated with the amount of wealth that you can earn too throughout your lifetime. If you're around people that live a certain way, buy a certain
2: way, earn a certain amount, you are more than likely going to think that's all that's possible. And so if you want to learn how to
1: deal with discomfort in a certain area of your life, if it's speaking, women, career, then you should find people and talk to people and surround yourself with people and spend more time with people that are already doing the thing that you want to do. And if you can't do that, then at least listen to and read from and watch
2: videos of people that are in that space.
0: Totally. That pumps you up. It motivates you.
2: 100%.
0: Right? it gets you in that mindset.
2: And it's not even just motivation. It literally transforms the view on the world, the beliefs that you have. Right. Because if you don't think it's possible
1: to do something, and you listen to someone every day that says that it is, and gives you examples, just like your podcast does, then all of a sudden, your belief doesn't have a lot of weight. That voice inside your head, it only becomes one voice compared to many. And despite the fact that that voice can be really strong and really loud, it's about time to take away that, you know, that microphone from it and start giving that microphone to the other voices that you can easily find around you if you set a little bit of an intention to, to taking these next steps forward and being uncomfortable whichever area that you want to be uncomfortable.
0: I like that. That's a great tip. I wouldn't have thought about that either. But it's so true. It's like you listen to this podcast. I've had people who binge this podcast. And it's like, you're just getting an earful of all the things that you could do to make it happen instead of being all alone and by yourself and just in your little shell. And of course, you're going to be thinking all negative thoughts because what do you know? You don't know any better. You're not surrounding yourself and creating an environment, so to speak, whether it's in person or virtually around people doing the things that you want to accomplish. That's a good one.
2: Yeah, and... Want to drive this home a little bit. Often people learn 10 things at once. You know, I
1: want to learn how to approach women. I want to learn how to speak. I want to learn how to save money. I want to learn how to travel the world. I want to just learn random stuff on a random podcasts. And so we don't create that level of intention or belief within ourselves because it's too distilled. And so if you want to learn how to approach women, listen to this podcast and repeat. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else. And read Magnetic. If you want to learn how to change your professional career, find those gurus, right? Listen to my podcast. You know, it's, watch my content on repeat until you feel that you've accomplished a specific skill. Because this then really makes you hyper-focused. It really does transform your belief because the message is consistent. And if you combine that with action, like you combine, you combine that with coaching or an accountability buddy, or investing, and actually, again, also distilling what you've learned, like writing it down,
2: reflecting on your experiences, setting new goals, then you, you really can make some significant changes. Very cool. Very cool.
0: I agree. Yep. Surround yourself by it and make it more part of who you are. I just... Uh, I just we were talking about this earlier. I just signed up a client for coaching. And he told me, and this was cool because I don't get a lot of guys who say this to me, but it makes sense of why he was ready to take the next step. He said he's been doing one approach a day. And I was like, that's great. And now he's ready to take it to that next step and get more help. So he's already not just even doing it by listening to podcasts or programs or anything like that. He's now taking it to the real world beyond digesting content, which puts him even more into that place. And I thought that was really cool. They told me he was doing that, but now we just got to take it to the next step because now he's, he's stuck. And that makes sense. You're going to get stuck after that point. I mean, a lot of people get stuck before they can even do the approaches. But the fact that he was at that point, he was really immersed in it. So That's really great because often, I don't know how it is with most of your clients,
1: but a lot of my clients are not listening to podcasts about leadership and career development. And the most they've done or are doing is maybe applying for jobs randomly and not even having networking conversations or they haven't actually spent some time asking themselves what they really enjoy about their work, yet they feel incredibly stuck and they don't really know what to do
2: and they wish they could have work that felt more meaningful. And it's, it's, it's really neat to hear from you that your client was like,
1: Yeah, I'm on this. I'm approaching. But I want to level up. How do I do that?
0: Right. Right. And again, not everyone's at that level. And they need more help, coaching or resources or podcasts to even get to that point because that is a big leap. You know, but it's just cool to hear people who are just out there trying their best. And sometimes it just starts with listening to an episode like this one And just learning that there are two guys out there and we're two of many who have also had to go through uncomfortable situations, find comfort in the uncomfortable, and who are continuously trying to do more uncomfortable things just because we know that you're going to get growth out of it. And I think, and I'll, I'll speak for myself and not you, but there are still times, I'm still human, when I want to just cozy up in that comfort zone. It's not that easy. I still have to kick myself in the butt a little bit to get out there and do something more uncomfortable. But I'm always glad that I did. And it's always going to be... That's going to be part of the journey. Otherwise, I don't know. Maybe you'd be psychotic because people who are psychotic have uh, no problem doing anything. But you're human. I'm human. Ben, you're part human, part robot. Because you're so strong. But, But yeah. What do you think about that?
2: You weren't supposed to share that I'm part robot. That was supposed to be a secret.
0: Well, too bad I'm not going to edit it out.
2: <laughs> I think
1: that discomfort doesn't come along often, especially if you've conquered
2: most of the things that I think men are uncomfortable about. It's pretty normal to be nervous about talking to women, it's pretty normal to be nervous presenting. And so, when you get the opportunity to learn from discomfort, I think that's such a gift. Yes. I mean,
1: because we wouldn't even be having this podcast episode if, if I didn't think that. If <laughs> it's just like, hey, how do you keep learning from discomfort? What's going on in your life? And so we should take advantage of it. If we can change how we view discomfort and see it as a gift, just like, you know, I think we've talked about this before too, viewing nervousness as excitement. And all of our emotions are just signals. They're not reality. They're just ways that we are interpreting the environment around us. And if we start viewing discomfort as a chance to grow, a gift to evolve, and to make more from life in ourselves and to experience life in a way that we haven't in the past, you will always then take advantage of.
0: 100%. Very cool. Ben, if anyone wants to learn more about you, some of your philosophy, And maybe, who knows, reach out to you for career work. Maybe you can tell guys, again, specifically what you do, how you help people, because maybe they'd want to do coaching with you. I know it's not related to dating, but you never know. So maybe you can talk about that and also tell guys where they can find you.
1: Yeah, thanks. So basically, if you're feeling stuck, if you're not really sure what to do next in your career, and you think that you should be doing more, that you could be having more of an impact, but you're not sure how, or just want to hit it into a new industry, but you don't really feel that your experience relates to that. You, like, you want more from your career. You want to create a career that you can love, and you, you, sh- you should reach out to me. But first, I say go to my website, go to liveforyourselfconsulting.com because I have a free ebook for everyone. It's a guide for creating a career that you can love. <laughs> nice little tie-in there. Uh, But also, if you just want to have a conversation, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm super responsive. I read and respond to everyone. Look up Dr. Benjamin Ritter. Send me a message. Connect with me. I'm more than happy to keep this conversation going. And just if you say that you heard me here, maybe there's a little,
2: little extra in the mix too for you.